Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to open it to Genesis chapter 1. I figure if we're going to begin, if we're going to start revival, let's go all the way back to the beginning. Let's get right there and look at it. If you are ready to go into this tonight, say yeah. Yeah. For the rest of y'all, I'm going to tell this story. Now, I should confess before I tell the following story that I have never told this story like I'm going to attempt to tell it tonight publicly. And um, I asked Pastor Jeff Rents, is it okay if I tell this story? And I told him a little bit about the story. He said, come on, man. This is Louisiana. You can go ahead and do that. So I just want you to know, I'm going to tell the story the way it really happened And I want you to know I couldn't do that in California because we a little sensitive in California about things, okay? People get their feelings hurt a lot easier. So I just want you to know I'm not, you know, know, I'm I'm a good-hearted person, but the facts are the facts of this story, and I must tell them to you before before the living God. So what happened was this, okay? It was about a week and a half ago. Um, we were, uh, my daughter was at a birthday party for, uh, uh, for one of her friends and they wanted to go to the roller skating rink, okay? So you know roller skating rinks are where people go to like break their elbows and kneecaps, right? Like it's hard, the ground's hard. Right. And so my daughter, you know, she just turned seven. So it's like a seven year old's birthday party. So, you know, I had not been to the roller skating rink in a long time. In fact, I hadn't been so long. I didn't know they came up with this new contraption for the kids. They put like PVC pipe and with some wheels and they rolling around like this. Right. I didn't know that. Uh, I, I didn't under I was like, well, what, what, what's this? And they're like, oh, these has been around for 15 years. That's how long it had been. Now, I got to tell you, um, I, I find myself to be athletic. You know, I played I played college sports, high school sports. Like, I feel like I'm an athletic individual. But all the athleticism in the world goes right out the window when you put some roller skates on, boy. I'm going to tell you that right now. So we got on uh, to the, uh, she, I went out with her, and, and she's with her friends, and I'm trying to, this is her first time. She put roller skates on three days before for the first time. And Brenda, my wife, had her practicing, so she was, you know, nominal for it, but she was seven. So we're out there, and, um, you know, I don't know how to say, I mean, this roller skating rink in brand new, okay? I, I don't know that there are new roller skating rinks. I don't know if that's a really good business, but uh, they're all old. Have you ever been, by the way, off totally random point, has anyone ever been to a new one? I mean, in the last 20 years, right? So like this thing's old, it smells like you think it smells, it feels like you think it feels, and you know that little spritz of Lysol they put in them skates ain't really saving your feet from a toxic disease, okay? My God, COVID got nothing on what's inside them skates. Nothing at all. So I, I, I put my feet into those things, felt the squishiness go around my toes and all the nastiness, and I'm just saying, God, I love my little girl right now. So as a good dad, I go out there, I'm trying to protect her, make sure I don't fall. Now I want you to know, the, this story is not about me falling. I did not fall, okay? However, members of my family participated in that. Now the, the, we went around four or five times and everything's fine and they playing all that roller skating music and you're like having a good time and vibing. But there's always the people that it's their first time and they're kind of really close to the wall, right? Now, I gotta tell you this. There's this part of the roller skating rink that was really dark. The lights had gone out. So it was just like a real dark part of the space. No lights. And when you kind of went from the lights, you went in there and all of a sudden you were just like, you know, you go from real bright to real dark. Your eyes can't find things. You can't see real easy. It was, it was difficult, right? And it was a little daunting and scary, so I was always having a hard time with it. Well, there was this one lady, and this is the part of the story I can't tell in California. I'm going to tell it here. I'm just going to say it. I don't mean nothing mean by it. I'm just facts of the matter, okay? These are just straight facts. There was uh, a woman 
who was on these skates. You can tell this is probably her first time at a roller skating rink. Now, to describe the woman is important because of the nature of the story. She was taller than me, and she was, she was bigger than me. This woman looked like she at least went back for seconds, maybe thirds. Okay, that's it. That's all. I, I don't know how. I'm, I'm, Pastor Mike, I'm sorry. Please have me back. I'm just trying to say she was, she was there, man, all, all there. Okay, my daughter's in front of me, and I've tried to tell her to watch out for people on the wall, but we were going into the darkness of the abyss where it covers that part of the roller skating rink. And my daughter started getting confident, right? It's her fourth time around. Now all of a sudden she thinks she's ready for the Olympics and she wanna put some speed on it, right? So she just starts getting after it and I'm like, hey girl, okay, you know, I don't wanna hold her back, break her spirit, but you know, I know faster you go, the harder you fall. And all of a sudden she starts picking up speed, which is fine, I'm enjoying it, I'm cruising. Man, the music is good, man, we doing some stuff. I'm like, we will, we will rock. I'm just having fun skating, you know? No, doing the whole thing. And all of a sudden we get into the darkness and I'm like, I can't see. I'm disoriented. I can't see. And in slow motion, I see my baby little girl going about 47 miles per hour. And she heading right in to the corner of the darkness, right upon the wall where this poor unsuspecting woman is. I don't know your favorite LSU linebacker that has ever played for the Tigers. I don't know who your favorite free safety ever was. I don't know. I really, I don't know who their favorite player you ever saw. I mean, just lay hat right? Like somebody who just came across, that wide receiver came across, right, from Bama Man, and that person just pow, right? Well, whoever that linebacker was ain't got nothing on Eliana Joy Harrell. She smacked this woman into the wall so hard, like bam, into the wall, and I was like, no! And then she didn't just hit her with her, she hit her with that little contraption, man. Knocked her out, dude. Feet went up, dude, in the air. I seen all of her just And I was like, no, but I'm not a great skater, but I got a big heart. So I rolled up and I literally rolled up and I rolled up and I skated up next to her and my daughter, I let her go and she's going away. And I rolled up. And I was like, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. My daughter, she's new. She goes, it's okay. And I was like trying to help her up. Like I wanted in my heart, I wanted to help her up. And so I'm trying, I'm like, come on, man. She put her arm over my shoulder. And I'm like, oh, and I couldn't do it. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, what? And, and in my heart, as a man, I'm thinking, I can't leave her, but I can't help her. What do you do? I was like, man, I don't know what to do right now. Like, I can't, what do I do? Just leave her and just skate away? But then the other part of me was like, maybe for her dignity, she wants me to leave her. So I had to ask. I had to ask. I said, ma'am, I would never do this, but do you want me to leave you? And she goes, <laughs> she goes, Yes, please. Leave, just leave me. You did all you could. And I was like, thank you. And I skated off into the light. And to this day, in this moment, in this hour, right here in Louisiana, I don't know what happened to the woman. I pray God's blessings over her. There's a lot of unsuspecting things that happen when you find yourself walking in darkness. Sometimes it's stuff that you could do to yourself. Sometimes it's stuff that other people do to you. And it isn't because they don't care and doesn't want to help you, but sometimes the trouble you can get yourself into can be so hard and so dark and so big and difficult that you don't even know how to get out of it. And you can feel alone. Sometimes you are alone because you don't really want to tell nobody what's really happened because it's embarrassing, so you just kind of stay isolated and trapped, and you're in a secret challenge 
Because you're like, gosh, if I told people what I'm really struggling with, I don't, they would look at me different. So I don't wanna open up to that, but secrets become bondages and they really can grip you and hold you. And, and, and I believe that part of what God wants to do tonight to start the revival off for you is that he wants me to share with you how he looks at the parts of your life that are dark, that are covered in darkness, that are difficult, that are struggling, that sometimes feel like there's nothing you can do to make them better. Sometimes when we are looking at revival, we're looking at our relationship with God, we're knowing we want to go to, let's call it another level. I wanna go closer to God. I wanna get more connected to God. That's why you're here tonight. That's why you're gonna be faithful this week to come is because you're looking to God saying, God, I need a level of closeness with you I don't have right now. I wanna be closer. I wanna hear your voice. Or you're in a place where you're like, I don't want it. I need God. I need him. I need deliverance. I need God to break through. I need God to set me free. I need God to speak a fresh word. My, the heart inside of me feels dry about the things of God. I remember feeling closer than I do right now. Or some of you are like, man, I, I just am, Pastor, what you just said, my heart has some dark places right now that I don't know how to find my way out. I don't know how to deal with it. Fortunate for us, God knew we would face these things. And he gave us the word of God. He gave us scripture. And I want to go all the way back to the beginning. As we launch Revival tonight and we start it, I want to go back to how it all got started. Because here's what I believe. As we start a new year and as we start this revival and as you look at the places in your life that require God's voice and his power, I want us to evaluate it through the lens of like, hey, what is not working for me? What's empty in my heart? What feels like it's dark in my heart? And God speaks to this exact thing, I think, in his word. When he looks at the entirety of scripture, he begins with this wonderful story. What do you do first? How do you get out? How do you change? How do you experience God at a closer level? Where should we begin with revival? And I think it begins right here. Genesis chapter one, verse one, it says this, in the beginning. Have you ever heard the phrase, oh, this was the Genesis of this future project. You ever heard somebody describe a business venture or something with, oh, that was the, or a new relationship, maybe that got, they got married later, they're like, oh, the, the Genesis, this actually was the Genesis of that relationship. Actually, the reason for that is that the word Genesis means the beginning. It means beginning. And so the story of the Bible, which is the story of God's love and God's redemption over whatever is not going right in mankind's world, the story that we know our faith from, the story that this revival will be based on, the way that it starts is this, that in the beginning, in the beginning of a revival, in the beginning of 2023, in the beginning of you transforming from where things are to where things want to go, in the beginning, God. Just that. In the beginning, God, I'm going to tell you this, your year, your revival, and what I want to help you see today, your life has to start the way the Bible starts. And let me tell you how our world functions. I'm not going to tell you something you don't know. You know this. I'm just like you. You're just like me in this. The world we live in every day is going to push you the opposite way. You will not and do not and again will never live in a society where they're reading the Bible in public school. It's a lot easier 60 years ago 
to focus on the things of God when it's around you everywhere. It's very difficult when all of a sudden you are against the way society, against entertainment, against the things on the phones, against the things on your kids' phones, and against the stuff, and you're like, man, I just go to work, and all of a sudden I gotta deal with all this information that my kids are bringing home. I don't even know how to talk about my faith that deep, and like I'm trying to answer these questions, and I'm, I'm way in over my head, and what will happen is that world will do all it can to get God to stop being the priority of your life. And he will be in the, the, the part that is just like, I just throw on that at the end. I sprinkle a little God on what I got going in my life. And the Bible starts and reminds us, and I believe what God wants us to do, even as I start my message, is just to recalibrate and reprioritize the position God has in your life, in your year, in the every element of your life, which is, he starts it like this, in the beginning, it's, God, it always has to start with that. And if you don't prioritize God, can I make you a promise? Your year is not gonna go very well. I promise you, you will have at least as bad of a year as you might've had last year if God stays not the proper priority. And he loves you and he wants to do it, but it doesn't work when our world system and our world's values and our world's priorities become ours. And listen, church, they want us to become more like them, and we have to resist that. You can't be neutral. You can't just stand by and hope. No, you gotta do what you did tonight. You gotta get yourself in the house of God. You gotta get yourself around the people of God. You gotta get yourself in the presence of God. You gotta sit under the word of God. You gotta be around the things of God. You gotta get in the car and talk about the stuff of God. You have to make sure that you are in your beginning putting God where he ought to be. And why is this so important? Well, it's so important because of the way that things were when he was there. Watch this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So we see the start of all the wonder, all the majesty, all the glory of our earth, the crowning glory of all creation by this intentional designer named God who beautifully and majestically designed and created this whole place we live. And with what he did, he created and made a place livable for those he wanted a relationship with, which is you and I. And this is what that place looked like before he has done anything. He hasn't said anything, made anything, painted anything. It is a canvas, and this is how Scripture describes it. Now, the earth was formless. Everybody say formless. formless. Have you ever felt like this where you, you, you feel like there's so much potential, right? You buy a new house, you get a new apartment, you get a new condo, you have a new baby, you get that new job, you, you, you change your major, you decide your major, right? You're in a new relationship, you make some new friends. You have this newness to something that's happening. You're at, maybe this is your church now and it's like a new season. Maybe this revival is that new place that you and God are gonna go to and it's this exciting place where there's nothing yet, but you have all this anticipation of what might it become. Right? I, if I go to sports, it's when you get a new head coach. All of a sudden, you're like, now we're going to win. We're going back to the top, baby. I know he's a little weird, but he wins. You know what I'm talking about your coach. You know that, right? I mean, <laughs> when things are formless, they feel full of potential. 
Some of you right now, that's how your life feels. You're in this season where you're looking forward and you're looking up and you're excited and you're wondering what God's gonna do. It's like a blank canvas. There's this excitement that is building around the creation narrative where the master artist is sitting down to the chair where he's looking not at what exists to paint a reflection, but he's looking inside his self to paint a reflection. There was nothing to look out to put on the canvas. God looked inside himself to put something on the canvas called earth, and it was formless. But for some of us, it isn't that it's formless, full of potential for you, your life, this year, right now, today, in some spaces, it might feel like this because the Bible doesn't say it was just formless. It says, now the earth was formless and empty. You ever had seasons of your life where your heart felt empty, where the breakup still hurt, where you're still disappointed about what happened at the last job, where you and your spouse are still trying to get pregnant, where you're still believing God is going to change the heart of your adult son or daughter or your teenage son or daughter? where you feel like that part, I love God, me and God are good, me and my wife are good, but just that part has an empty echo that is hurtful and it can grip you when it comes upon your scene. It's got an emptiness to it. It can feel cloudy. It can feel like I'm not sure what's gonna happen. I don't know. And maybe for you tonight, you could feel empty because you've made choices that have left you empty. You've made choices that go against your own values, not much less what the scripture teach you, but even what you believe is probably good or right or virtuous for you. And you have violated those things. So as a result, there's parts of your heart that are empty because they're not fulfilled because they can't be fulfilled outside of the way God says they are to be fulfilled. And so there's emptiness you're experiencing. And not just that, but when you feel lost and you feel like that emptiness instead of fulfillment it also can feel like what's next. It says, now the earth was formless and it was empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep. We sang that beautiful song about having a sound mind. What a beautiful declaration. What a wonderful holiness that it set on us tonight as we declared that song with faith. But the reason that it feels so wonderful to declare that with faith is because we know what it's like to experience it in reality. Darkness. Darkness. The, the darkness of life. The darkness of hurt. The darkness of pain. And this is where we meet the earth. And this is where God starts the story. Is that there's this space and there's this feel and there's this introduction that there is in the beginning, God. So we have a God who is there at the beginning, but also what's there at the beginning is darkness and emptiness and formlessness, and it's not there and there's nothing there, but we know God is there at the beginning. There's a few things for us to recognize here, and it says it really well. The next space says, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. This is what's interesting tonight, church, is that he was there in the darkness. He was there in the emptiness. He is there with all your future and your formless potential. He is there when it's still dark. He's there when it gets dark again. He's there in whatever part is empty, and he stands at the ready to do what only God has the power to do. So often we'll spend all kinds of money and time and energy and stubbornness and resistance and foolishness just trying to do things 
our way to deal with our darkness and our emptiness and our formlessness and we go after it ourselves and we listen to the so-called wisdom of mankind and, and the sages of our day tell us what we ought to do and we swipe through TikTok and Instagram and we have all these people telling us what it is and then we refuse or we don't understand or we don't come or we haven't learned to rely and depend on the wisdom of God that is found inside his love letter to us which is the scriptures but that is what God is there and might I remind you that no matter how dark how formless how empty it is that God's spirit is comfortable hovering over all of it which is comforting but what I love is that's not all about God's character that he wants to do tonight and in your life not only is he hovering over all of that Scripture tells us that this is what happened. And God said, can I pause right there? You see, when God comes upon formless potential, when God comes upon your darkness or your emptiness, he doesn't do what so many 2023 Christians have gotten used to doing. Not you, people you know. We hear about somebody's emptiness. We hear about their darkness, Pastor Mike. We hear about the formlessness of what's happening. And we say things like, well, I'll keep you in my prayers. I'll keep that in prayer. Hashtag thoughts and prayers. Good vibes. I'm so grateful that the God of heaven and earth had a different characteristic than what I'm finding in the church today. I'm so glad that when he hovered over the emptiness of our lives, the darkness of our lives, the formlessness of our lives, that God reacts and responds differently. God doesn't say, I'll get to that later. God is a God, listen church, we serve the God of the right now. We serve the God that says, if you are sad right now, I'm going to pray right now. I have direct line, direct access. In the name of Jesus, I go right past the gates, right past the hallway, right into the Father's room. I go into the King's chamber, and I can walk in in the name and the blood and the covering of Jesus, and you and I can allow heaven to invade earth, to invade this situation, to invade this room, to invade this car, to invade this phone call, to invade this moment, to invade this argument, to invade what's going on, we can ask God to not just hover, but we can ask God to do what he did next. We can ask God to say, and let there be light. And instantly, light was there. Church, I believe that God wants to stir you up tonight and he wants you to put the proper things first, the first things first, and he wants you to leave here and not tell the people, can I all keep you in prayer? Listen, it's okay to tell someone you're gonna keep them in prayer also. Did you catch that? I'll keep you in prayer, but I just got done praying. 
you will be in my prayers, but I also just prayed. I, hey, are you okay? And I always ask for permission when I'm in public places. But God challenged me this about six months ago, and I've got to the point where now it's just like, and I don't even like to do it, if I'm honest. I'm like, man, God, for real, why'd you even give me this word? You know what happens when you get a word from God, like a right now word? You gotta do it. So now I'm all of a sudden sitting on planes. I don't even like to talk to people on the planes. I'm like, man, I'm all out of words. I, t- I just preached, a bu- I'm done. It's like, yeah, well, it's like, all right, here we go. And I always say it the same way. Hey, that sounds hard or heavy or difficult, whatever it is. I just want to know real quick. Or it sounds exciting and new job. Wow, that's, that's, that's worthy of joy. Would you mind? Are you okay if I just say a quick word of prayer? We don't have to like bow our heads, close our eyes. I'm not going to stand up, certainly not on this plane, and like do something weird because I don't want to get arrested and I want to make the flight. <laughs> are you okay with that? You know how many times somebody has told me, no, I would rather you didn't? Out of like a thousand times doing it, one time. But I whittled them down and still got it done after about five more minutes. I was like, that's okay, that's okay. And then I couldn't help myself, I'm just demented. But I was like, okay, that's fine, that's no problem. Tell me more about that though. And then because I was interested in why they wanted to say no, I listened and I cared and I was empathetic and I respected it and I said, you know what, if I were in your shoes... I don't think I'd want me to pray for you. For I wouldn't want nobody to pray for me neither. And they just looked at me like, I didn't expect you to say that. I was like, well, it's what I think Jesus would say to you. And that's how I think he feels about you. And then they said, well, all right, I guess it wouldn't be too bad if you went ahead and prayed for me. (laughs) He says to the empty, to the painful, to the dark, to the hurting things, let their be light, and there was light. That is what God wants to do, not just in the beginning, in the genesis of the scriptures, not just in the genesis of this earth he created, but he wants to do that, ready? Right now, tonight. He's the God of the right now. He wants to do it. He wants to do it the way he did it, but can I tell you the way it works? It must start with you prioritizing God in his proper place, And let me tell you the proper place that God is supposed to be in. There is only one place that is proper for God, and that is first place. He must be first place. If God is in his proper place, which is first place, then what he does is he steps into formless and he creates and he gives and he paints and he invents and he, cre- and he designs and he's intentional and it's marvelous. And then he steps into where there's darkness and he could speak with the voice of God. Let there be light. I don't know what's dark. I don't know what's dark in your life, in your heart, in your relationships, in your family. I don't know where that is, but I believe that tonight what God wants to do is start this revival Bible off by coming into those spaces that feel dark, that feel empty. And if we will do what God says to do, which is to put him in the beginning, in the right place, the proper place, the prioritized place and say, God, I am here for you and I am open for duty. You let me know what you need of me. And when we do that, we position him properly. Then God is set free to do what only he can do because only he can make light where there is none. And it's what he wants to do. It's what he's going to do. It's how he functions. So practically then, Pastor Chris, how do I make that a part of my life? Well, tonight we're going to do something in just a moment. I'm going to invite you to encounter the living God. I'm going to invite you to assess what feels empty, what feels dark, and what feels full of potential. 
Where there is, where, where is there something in your life that like, man, if I could just God, get God to give me some direction, to give me some insight, if, or maybe if he would just give me the motivation, just help me, I just get past my fear. Man, I feel like God, we could do, and I don't know what that is, but you will not have the year you wanna have, you will not have the revival you wanna have, you will not have the life you wanna have if God is not positioned in his proper place. So how do you practically do that? Tomorrow, tonight, when you leave this place, there's a few things that I respond, I tell people that I think they ought to do. Do this for just uh, I'll get three months. For three months, I invite you to put God at the beginning of everything. And if you do this, I promise he's gonna change your life in the next three months. You will get to Easter, and I promise you, by the time you get to Easter, as a church and as an individual, if you do this and you go, I'm doing it, I'm doing this for three months, I promise that not only will this revival be unbelievable for you this week, but your life will be just sent into another trajectory with God. So I'm gonna ask you at the beginning of your day to, to do what God said. In the beginning of your day, God. The beginning of your day, God. In the beginning of my commute, my drive to work, God. At the beginning of dropping off my kids, God. At the beginning of getting my kids breakfast, God. At the beginning of my conversation with my spouse, God. Maybe you're in an argument, then at the beginning of that, God, we need to pray. Why? Because we don't want to. That's why we need to. You should always pray when you don't want to because that means you're facing resistance. You already know this. I'm gonna remind you of it. Do you know what's on the other end of the greatest resistance? Your greatest deliverance. The battle is always the hottest right before deliverance. The pain is always most significant right before deliverance. Right before the life springs out and comes forth, it's the pain of delivery that is at its worst. That's what happens in our lives with God. Things will be coming at you, the enemy will come after you, and it will just come to a fever pitch that you don't think you can even handle no more. But that is where God says breakthrough is right on the other end of that. And if you will go and say, God, in the beginning of this, in the beginning of that in the beginning before I do anything else between the way we spend our money spend our time the way we talk to our kids the way we deal with these fights the way that I start my day in the beginning if he is first you won't need your new year's resolutions because God will come on those empty dark formless areas himself he is already hovering he is already there and he will show himself and he will announce himself and he will speak to those things let them be light. Somebody say light. light. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.